In today's episode, I am interviewing Kristen Kinner, who is a K-5 STEM teacher who taught in the regular classroom for over 25 years. I thought her experience was super relatable to many of you who are listening. Most of you were also in the classroom before this role, and I thought that this would be a perfect fit for a guest on this show. Kristen and I have connected over the years through different ways and platforms, more recently the EnEdCo conference, which is a local conference in Colorado that is all about innovation. So definitely recommend if you want to take a trip to Colorado or you live in the area, it's a really awesome conference. We were talking over the summer before her role in STEM, and she was super nervous and asking for advice, and I knew that her experience that she already had would be so helpful in her role. And you're going to hear the passion in her voice. She loves teaching K-6 STEM, and I'm sure a lot of you can relate to her story. Before teaching in K-6 STEM, she taught in first, second, and fourth grades and was also a learning specialist and reading specialist in kindergarten. She teaches over 725 students, a lot of kids, and Kristen loves meeting and collaborating with other innovative educators and exploring new learning with her students. I am so excited for you to listen to this interview. She is so much fun, and I can't wait for you to listen. Welcome to the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast, a show that'll help you with lesson ideas, systems, and actionable tips to apply to your classroom. I am your host, Naomi Meredith, a former classroom teacher turned current STEM teacher and coach. With over a decade of experience teaching and a master's degree in STEM leadership, I am here to coach you throughout the year to help you gain back more time to create innovative experiences for your students. Grab your earbuds and let's get started. All right, Kristen. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I was so excited you said yes to me. We were emailing back and forth and like, hey, do you want to be on the podcast? So I'm so glad you said yes to me because I think your um, experience and your background in teaching is super valuable. And I think that your story of where you've been in education and how you got to STEM can really resonate with a lot of teachers here on the podcast because like me, and I'm pretty sure like you, we just kind of got thrown into it with a passion that we had. So um, if you wouldn't mind telling us more about yourself and your teaching background and how you became a STEM teacher. Well, hi, Naomi. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Um, I, as you know, I'm an elementary STEM teacher. This is my first year in STEM. Um, I've taught for over 25 years in first and second and fourth grades mostly. I've been a learning specialist and a reading specialist, so I have a background in special education. Currently, I inspire over 725 students to follow their passions in STEM. I love meeting and collaborating with other innovative educators and just exploring new learning with my students. You have a lot of kids. Yes. (laughs) A lot. Wait, did you say sixth grade you have, or is it just K through five? It's K through six. And then we have a discovery program at my school, which has four self-contained GT classrooms. So I have those classes as well. So I teach eight classes a day. Yeah. You teach eight classes a day. Wait, how does your schedule work with eight classes? I thought six was a lot. I have six. How does your schedule work? So I start in the morning and I teach sixth, fifth, and fourth. Then I have lunch and we have two buildings. So then I take my stuff over to the primary building 
and I teach K one, two, three, and then I teach the discovery class at the very really? end. Yeah, it's busy. Do you have two separate classrooms then? Or are you teaching in their classrooms? I do have two separate rooms. I have an innovative lab at the intermediate building and I have a STEM lab that's particularly primary in a primary building. I did not know this. I need to go visit your school. I did not know you did that. That's a lot. Oh my god. It gosh. is. <laughs> it's a lot of fun though, and it keeps me moving and motivated. So what has been your favorite part about teaching STEM because you taught you have such so much background in teaching and you're I mean I don't know when you could retire, but I bet you could have retired me like, hey, see ya. But now look at you, you're in STEM. So what have been your favorite parts about it so far? (laughs) Um, I really love robotics. So we're doing a lot of robotics right now. Uh, B-Bots are being used with kindergarten and first grade. And then I've got Dash robots for second, third, and fourth. And then we're going to get into using the VEXGO systems with fifth and sixth grade as the year progresses. Yeah. So it should be fun. Yeah. Have have you even opened up those Vex goes yet? I haven't used those, but I've heard really good things about them. I have um, opened them up. I haven't done a lot with them. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do some exploring over Christmas break to see what we can find. Yeah. Because are those the kits where they actually build the robot or am I thinking of something else? Yeah. They will actually build the robot. Yes. Oh, that is so cool. Um, so that's so wow. So you have that many classes a day. So you love robotics. Has there anything that um like surprised you? Because I know coming from the classroom is a lot. And you and I were talking at the Enedco conference, and you were so sweet. Like I'm so nervous, and I don't know where to start. And I'm like, well, you've been a teacher for a long time. I think you'll be okay. But has there anything that has surprised you? Like, whoa, I did not expect this. <laughs> No, I think the the hardest thing is going from teaching primary for so long to working with some of the older students. But uh, a lot of the things that we've done, I tried to plan something uh, that kind of fits with each grade level. So sixth grade, we used the global goals and they created PSAs to kind of talk about what they might do to work toward a global goal. Um, fifth grade, we have hydroponic gardens. So they are doing a whole hydroponic gardening unit that's just for their grade. And then with fourth grade, I'm working with um, Otter Cares and doing Project Heart, which is a service or a philanthropy unit. So they're going to be creating some service projects that we carry out through STEM. Just had to keep some things going for each of them. <laughs> yeah. So um, how often do you see the kids then? Because those sound like really big projects. I haven't heard of Global Goal or Otter Cares. Do you do these projects in five days or is this something that um, would carry on for multiple rotations? How does that work with your timing? So um, I see each class for a full week, Monday through Friday. And we have a four-week rotation. So we have four classes on each grade level. So I repeat my lessons four times. Okay. With sixth grade, the global goals are the 2030 sustainable goals. So like uh, no poverty, um, free fresh water, those kind of things. All people have proper nutrition. 
they worked on researching and that took like a week. And then the second week was putting together what they wanted to put on their public service announcement. Uh, some of them did Google Slides because they were familiar with that. But once we introduced the green screen and um, actually recording using iPads, they were able to, rec- a lot of them recorded and had and made videos and stuff. So is this more like project-based learning or um, do you use the engineering design process or kind of both? Because that's super interesting. I haven't talked to anybody who's done long-term projects like this. So I'm so curious how you set that all up. <laughs> Um, I can share it with you. It was just basically, I had a, uh, Google form or not a Google form, like a doc that they filled in and I shared through Google classroom. And that kind of was the framework for what I wanted them to find out and for what I wanted them to share in their public service announcement. And they just went from there. Um, they're on my website, so you can see what some of the kids did. Oh yeah. We'll definitely have to link that. That is super interesting. And it's funny you say um, with you have a harder time with the older kids. I mean, I think your lessons are really good. But a lot of people are the opposite of you. A lot of people struggle with the little kids more than the older kids. So are there any strategies you would say for the little kids that people should try? Because a lot of people I get a lot of questions Mm -hmm. about little kids. I try to connect the younger ones to stories. So a lot of the K-1 might be more um, just build-oriented and um, creating that way. This week, we did your lesson on 10 on a sled. So they had to decide what they wanted to build for their sleds and uh, came up with some really cute ideas. Those uh, books are like kind of the vehicle to launch a lot of my lessons. First grade, we did, um, first, second, and third, actually, we did Tacky the Penguin, and it was Tacky in the Winter Games. So they had to do a direct drawing of the penguin, and um, then they had some clothing that they had to either design or there was a copy page they could color them in. But I took it a step further with the second and third graders, and they had to create a coding path for Dash Robot to dress Tacky. So to put the pieces all around the coding mat and collect them using the robot. So kind of integrating a few different things. Oh, that's a great way to start. And I totally, I think, I know I've talked about this in past episodes. Like if you can integrate books, that is the best way to get started or just busy times of year, engaging younger students. And even for sub plans, I don't know if you've left books for subs, but that's something I definitely have done. Um, and mm-hmm. it's super like everybody loves reading, but a lot of us in elementary love reading books anyway. We have a lot mm-hmm. of our favorites, so you might as well integrate that. Do you ever do like STEM stations with the little kids or other types of projects? Yes, I do. I have some trays that are set up just for that purpose. So I have like six different trays. So when projects are finished, there's different things that they can go to. And then if I'm ever out, I usually leave STEM stations for a sub because the directions are there on the card. The materials are ready to go. So it's just put them on the table and read the directions and have the kids go like four to a table. And then you rotate after 15 minutes and it keeps it easy for the sub and it keeps the kids engaged. 
Yeah, what types of things are on the trays? I'm trying to visualize these trays. I'm so curious. Oh, um, one is just a whole collection of pipe cleaners. And they have to make a net to collect a ball, which is like a paper ball. Um, mm. One, I have Legos set up in this large tray that my daughter made. She's a, a student up at CU. And um, we, I put Lego platforms in there, and they're building a whole hockey station in there. So kids can work on it continually and then others can add to it. Um, One of them is using Kiva blocks to build a bridge. So there's different supplies and I just take out the container and put them on tables and explain what's what and then they're easy to pack up too. Oh yeah. I love that organization. And I'm thinking too, like, what about the space? But you said you had two buildings you go to. So that's nice too where you have, oh, here's more of the primary supplies than the secondary, because having those, Mm -hmm. you need a lot of stuff, I feel like for the little kids. I don't know. That's something that I have found. When I came into my classroom, I didn't have any of that building stuff. So I asked classroom teachers if they have any extra math manipulatives. I used most of my budget that year on just simple building supplies that you mentioned. But I know Mm -hmm. that you had to gather, well, I mean, you had to gather a lot of supplies for two rooms. How did you get all the supplies for your classroom? Because that's a lot of stuff you need. Um, So I was very lucky to step into a well-equipped innovative lab, and that was at the intermediate building. So fourth, fifth, and sixth. We had a lot of tools for the students to learn and a lot of the um, consumables. Okay. Uh, to set up another room in the primary building was a little more challenging, but um, mm-hmm. I write a lot of grants and get a lot of oh. funding through different companies. So all really? my robotics um, last year were funded through different grants. Yeah. Wait, so do you write directly to the companies? This isn't donors choose. How do you do this? This is amazing. So um, there are some companies, like uh, one grant I got was through Toshiba America, and it Hmm. was $1,000, and uh, I received funding for, was it six Dash robots and um, some other supplies for the robotics, like chargers and stuff, so I can charge six at a time. Yeah. And then this year, I got a grant through Westera. And they Hmm. funded the lights for my hydroponic gardens because like a true engineer (laughs) designer, I had gardens, but I didn't have grow lights. So I was like, they're not growing. (laughs) So I had to come up with a way to problem solve and come up with lights because nothing was growing and this whole project was flopping. So I wrote a grant and Westera and my principal both bought a set of lights for our gardens. So now they're growing like there's no tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, this is like kind of off topic, but similar. So when my family moved out of Colorado, like you take stuff to Goodwill. So my mom's like, take all this stuff to Goodwill. I'm like, okay. So she loaded all this stuff in my trunk. And while I'm unloading it, all the people at Goodwill were laughing at me. And then I realized she put a bunch of grow lights and growing things in my trunk. And so I really set somebody up for their home garden, whatever that may be. Live in Colorado, you guys put connect the dots. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, you definitely need the lights for sure. Yes. You're growing herbs, like legit herbs. My mom like grew herbs on the counter. Like that's it, not anything yeah. illegal. But um, yeah, that's a good point. Po- so how did you find these grants? I've never heard of this. And I'm thinking of Daryl. Daryl, if you're listening, you've asked me about <laughs> grants. So you need to listen to this part. How did you find these? <laughs> 
<laughs> I searched for educational grants. We can search by state. Um, I Ooh. found Toshiba that way. And that was actually the second grant that I'd um, gotten from Toshiba. I'd gotten one a few years back and it was mostly for a collaboration station, just for like furniture and some other games and tools in my first grade class, probably about six or seven years ago. And I still have the tables. But yeah. it's just a nice way, especially if you need some of those, like uh, the Kiva blocks. And I have Zoob tubes and extra Legos. If you need any of that stuff, just a small grant aside from Donors Choose, they will fund a few different things. Oh, yeah, that's great advice because I know that can be really inhibiting in our position that you have found where you need stuff. I mean, you can definitely <laughs> teach them with having cardboard and makerspace, but I feel like makerspace is just one unit, which if that's all you can afford, it's better than nothing, to be honest. But Mm -hmm. um, we really want to provide these experiences for kids and buying high quality materials that are going to last more than one time. So um, having the B bots or blue bots are definitely worth your investment more so than those code and go mice do the same thing. They're not very good, but I, that is so smart. I did not know you could do that. Um, and that's really helpful for people. Um, and if you guys don't know where to get started, I have a free um, guide for just a spreadsheet of different things that you can buy with different budgets. So that can help with your pricing and has a lot of the stuff that you mentioned, Kristen, with um, all of those really hands-on materials. Cause you need, you need all that cool stuff. I mean, it really helps like their imaginations and thinking of the world in new ways. So you said that the 10 on the sled was super fun with your kids. Has there been anything um, that of mine that you've used in your classroom that you've seen success with your kids? I've used a lot of your resources. <laughs> oh, okay. I did not know this. I didn't yes, know. <laughs> we did your marble maze and the kids oh. went bananas. They loved it. Really? I had one kid make a really tiny one that was probably like four inches by four inches and they used what? cocktail straws around the edge. And we even made marbles out of pieces of clay with one of the groups. Oh, yeah, that's they, cool. They, yeah, they did some amazing things. We did your spider pulleys in October, and they got, got to keep the spider ring. Oh, look at you go. I don't. I take them back. <laughs> I think I said that on my episode, too. I'm like, I don't let them keep them. Well, you are the nice STEM teacher. I'm like, give them back. <laughs> That's because I ordered a bag of about 500 of them. And I'm like, oh, okay. there's no well, way I'm going to get rid of these in just a year. Uh, <laughs> what else did we do? Oh, I used your cardboard maker tree and oh, we created yeah. a wish tree. We did a wish tree for all the specials teachers and we put oh. little ornaments on them and we asked for some donations like markers and glue sticks and masking tape and scotch tape because I do not have a lot of those supplies at all. Oh yeah. (laughs) I run out of masking tape. Like it's water. Like it. Yeah. I run out of that so fast. That is such a cute idea. Have you gotten any donations or recording this in December? Have you gotten anything yet? I have. I got uh, some markers and I think there's a few more that'll be coming in through the week. I'm just very excited. Oh, I love that. And you could definitely do that. You can make it like a palm tree, I don't know, for summertime or um, Mm -hmm. if you have parent-teacher conferences. That is so – what a cute idea how to use that one. I didn't even think of that. (laughs) Yes. We did your all about me brick build. I did it with K through 6. 
during the first week of school. And they loved that. They keep asking for more Legos. And I think just picking the colors and giving them a little, you know, they could pick what they wanted, but I don't know. It was kind of cool. It really worked out well. I used your Rube Goldberg lesson to show how matter travels through the ecosystem. Oh, how did that one go? I'm always curious to see how that one goes in classrooms. So that was with fifth grade and it was toward the beginning of the year. And Mm -hmm. uh, they kind of wanted to get it really involved with different animals. And I was like, you only need three. I have three, one to two to three. Like, and if Mm -hmm. you want more than that, once you get to three, let's add on. But we, they enjoyed that. We saw some videos about different Rube Goldberg systems. Uh, There are some cool ones out there. And gave them some inspiration. And then they created some amazing things. Yeah, I used a lot of your stuff. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. I think you sent me pictures of the posters. I didn't, like, I don't know. I'm like, hey, I'm doing this in my own classroom. But <laughs> the Ruth Goldberg one is so fun. And I don't know if you showed this, but kids are like, that's in Home Alone. I'm all, oh, yeah, oh, it yeah. is. He, Right. Yeah. I'm like, go watch it on Disney plus. Like, it's just a good movie. I'm like also a little sad. He's by himself, Mm -hmm. but we showed the part, the part I could find on YouTube, um, where he's setting up the trap where it's actually really dangerous if you rewatch it. But then we didn't watch it actually go at like being launched, like hurting the robbers. I don't know if you can show that at school, but he's like pouring water on the steps and yeah. then he has like <laughs> the fan with the feathers. We're like, oh my gosh. But yeah, I we, we were showing that when I did that with fifth grade too. They were talking about it. I'm like, oh yeah, let's watch that part. So super fun. I don't know if, if you had this happen. A lot of the kids didn't know what a Rube Goldberg machine was, but they kind of knew the concept. Did you see that too when you were teaching um, it? A little bit. But again, I shared videos to kind of say, this is who Rube Goldberg was. This is why it was famous. And this is what we're doing to try to find a difficult way to solve an easy problem was kind of how we used it. Oh, totally. And yeah, it's so fun. I've told kids, like, you should make them at home over break and send me videos. It's a great at-home activity on a cold day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) that's a good idea. Oh, yeah. I'm not patient enough for that, but I would love to see the kids' videos. (laughs) I would bet they do it, too. Oh, yeah. I think so. So if there's anyone else, I didn't send you this question before. I'm getting you on the fly. But if there was a teacher um, who was thinking about a similar role as you, they've been teaching for a while, do you have any advice for them? Because I know you love your position. You're just so sweet and modest about it, but I know you love it. <laughs> but is I do. there anything for Yeah, I know you so do. So what would you say to someone who was like you even six months ago? What would you say? I would say uh, try them out in your classroom. Like have your current mm. kids pick a day. Maybe it's like a fun Friday, but pick a day and have like different challenges where the kids are trying them out because you know your audience and you can tell them, Hey, I want you to test this out. I try, I want to try something new with you. I used to do that with my first graders all the time. And now I have all those first graders because they were in my class over the past five years. So now they're in second through sixth. So I've got like robotics experts in the classroom and I've got kids in every room 
that kind of know what are some things that we did together so they can now be the experts and lead others. Um, and that's kind of what you want to do. You want to find what they're good at and you want them to feel like, hey, I know this stuff, so I'm going to help you out and feel good about what they're doing. Oh, I think that's such good advice. I think that's so good because it is a lot teaching all the kids in the school. But I know like some teachers who listen to this are interested in STEM who are wanting who are a classroom teacher, they don't know where to get started, or maybe they only teach a few grade levels. So I think that's really good to hear because it can be a lot at first. <laughs> like it is. It's a lot. And even for me still, starting new units, it can be it's like super overwhelming sometimes. But I think that's really good just to jump in. You're showing them too, you have a growth mindset. And that's like really important in STEM. Like you're demonstrating what a growth mindset is because I think sometimes as teachers, we don't always do that. So I think that's really good (laughs) advice to give them. Um, So you mentioned you had a website. Are there any other, um, so how can teachers connect with you and get in touch if they have more questions? So I'm on Twitter at Kinner's Winners. (laughs) Cute. (laughs) And I had a WordPress blog, but it's been a while since I've added. It's called Innovation in First at WordPress.com. And then uh, I'm trying to get better at Instagram, and that's where I'm K underline Kinner teaches. That's where people can reach me. Yeah, I think they'll love that and definitely reach out. And I think um, you have a lot of great nuggets that teachers can connect with and um, reach out to you and just build up their STEM network. So I appreciate your time. And uh, thank you for using my lessons. I had no idea. I never know. I don't know who gets the things all the time. So it's just pretty cool, like hearing um, what you're doing in your classroom and how you're inspiring kids. And I can't wait to talk to you at the end of the school year and just like how it all worked out for you. Oh, you're awesome. Yeah, your lessons are amazing. They're pretty clear, pretty straightforward and really easy to follow. So that's what I really like about them. (laughs) Good. Well, thank you. Well, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. Anytime. I'll see you soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast. I would love to connect with you over on Instagram at Naomi Meredith underscore or send me an email to elementarystemcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Also, make sure to check out my website, NaomiMeredith.com, to see all the show notes from today's episode and shop my K-5 STEM resources. Any questions you have, needs for resources, or ideas for episodes, get in touch. I'll talk to you soon.